listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenilee Samuel. Hey everybody, this is Jenna Lee at Java with Jen. I'm so excited you stopped by for today's episode. I'm super excited because I know many of you listeners are destiny people. You have big callings, big visions for your life. You know that you want to make an impact on this world. And that's part of why you listen to this podcast because that is our tribe. And so my friend and I, I I'll introduce her in a second, wanted to focus in on what do you do when you have all this vision and plans for your life and sense of destiny inside of you, yet you don't have a plan spelled out. Maybe you're stuck in a place where you feel kind of confused about what's going on in your life. Maybe you dealt with some serious discouragement, some frustration, some loss, some betrayal. What do you do and how do you stay on that path to your destiny when it's not spelled out for you and you are just following the breadcrumbs in faith? So let me introduce to you my friend, Natalie Travis. Welcome, Natalie. Hello. So excited to be here in Texas. So my married name is Gilday. I was Natalie Travis. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, this is good. I was Natalie Travis when I knew Jenna Lee Lott. Yeah. Oh, You gosh. know her as Jenna Lee Samuel. Um, back at Team Mania Ministries in 2001, so 17 years ago. Yeah, in yeah. college. Yeah. And so Natalie called me just a few weeks ago, and we have, of course, over the years wanted to get back together um, and hang out and visit with each other, but life is busy. I had kids upon kids upon kids, as you know, and so it would just never really happen. Well, Natalie's a flight attendant, and she said, you know what? My husband is off at Mountie Training. We'll call it Mountie Training because that's easier to follow. Um, And she's like, I need time with my friends. So she flew down here with her little girl, and we have had a wonderful time. And it just magically happened that we, 17 years later, get to enjoy fellowshipping with each other. So it's wonderful. I'm so excited. And I specifically came because... Um, I'm currently pregnant with our second child. And so I was in my first trimester as my husband left for his training for a six month period. I was returning to work after maternity leave and it was also changing seasons. And so we were getting into the colder weather where, um, people get stuck more in their homes in Canada. And I was feeling down, I was feeling discouraged and, um, just knowing Jenna Lee's commitment to the Lord and her um, her receptiveness to who He is and His voice, mm-hmm. I really felt like I needed to be in a place of encouragement um, amongst another woman of God who um, could help me get out of this funk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so today we're going to talk about how we respond to life's pains and what God's really saying when we're experiencing these pains. Yeah, and I'd say even beyond just pain. You might not be in a season of pain, particularly. Some of you, of course, yes. Um, But even confusion. Yeah. Like, I've gone through times where, like, I feel like even there's some areas in my life right now where I'm sorting out these different talents and things that the Lord's put in my hands or tools and passions and vision and desire, prophetic words, things sitting over my life. But I don't see how it all comes together yet. So I feel in many ways like I'm following breadcrumbs. But in the midst of that, the Lord is so faithful to bring encouragement at the right time. And sometimes that encouragement is delayed because it comes through a crucible of fire. And so that's where the pain comes in. So we want to kind of tie these pieces together for you and help you. But let me just say, Natalie, that really does encourage my heart that you were like, 
who is going to strengthen my soul? Generally, let's go fly across yeah, the nation. Seriously. No, <laughs> seriously, that was my motivation. Um, because we went to ministry school together, we want to tell you about one of our mottos that we learned. It was really cool. Um, pain is temporary, but growth is permanent. Let's say that again because it's powerful. Pain is temporary, but growth is permanent. So one of the things that I've learned through the Lord um, in many different areas of my own growth, in my relationship with my husband, my in uh, repairing relationships with my family is that God doesn't waste a hurt. We yeah. love it when Rick Warren, the author of The Purpose Driven Life, talks about how God doesn't waste a hurt. Yeah. Um, he is such a loving God. He truly has our best interests in mind. So as we're walking out our destiny, it, it definitely is a walk of faith. And a lot of it, uh, we won't understand until we look back. Joyce Myers, one of my favorite ministers, mm-hmm. says that life is lived, moving forward, but understood, looking back. And so oh, that's so true. And so as we're moving forward and we're experiencing, you know, the different confusion, discouragement, loss, pain, or even apathy, sometimes just comfortability, but boredom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so important that we give the body of Christ access to be able to encourage us and that encouragement can come in the form of sweet words like honey or it could come in the form of words that we don't want to hear but we need to hear because proverbs says that honesty um better is um is honesty than flattery um that an open answer is like a kiss on the lips Mm -hmm. yeah it's so true well and uh how you were talking about earlier that the two things that can happen when we experience hardship, confusion, whatever, is that there, we tend to take one of two roads. We either lose hope and lose faith, or we grow and we grow into joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all the things of the Lord. And so we want to talk about those two things. A, losing hope and losing faith. Now, I think that road to losing hope and losing faith is a gradual one. It's not usually sudden Mm -hmm. unless it comes through a really traumatic experience. Um, But typically, we can grow stale from a slow, steady diet of discouragement. Yes. And we can grow stale that way. And I will say one of the key... um, What's the word? Uh, Post signs of when I'm going through a time like that is that I have not been in the Word. Mm-hmm. the word of God, or I have not been spending time with the Lord because the word of God is life yes. and time with Jesus. All it takes is one word from him can change everything. 100%. I agree. Yes. One word. Yeah. And so oftentimes I find that when we get on that road to hopelessness and discouragement, it's because we are not being filled with the truth. Yes. And so yeah. our, our emotions are getting the most, best of us and yeah. lies are getting the best of us. Discouragement comes in that way. And so what do you think? How, how do you think people tend to end up on that pathway? Yeah, I totally agree. And also, too, they misinterpret pain and they think that God's punishing them. Um, a big question that non-believers ask is if, if God was real, why do bad things happen to good people? And that's really just not knowing who God is. Um, the exciting part about being a Christian is that you have direct access to God himself. You don't need to go through anyone else. You don't need to go to seminary school. You don't need to fast and tear your, tear your clothes and give up all your money. Like God is so accessible to us. And just like generally said, one word can change Mm -hmm. a whole, uh, a whole perspective. It can lift your head. And I've experienced that Mm -hmm. in my life, um, so many times And so I just encourage anyone listening right now who 
is maybe low-key mad at God. Mm -hmm. They maybe haven't verbalized it because they're still going through the motions. They're still going to church. Um, They're still saying the Christian things, um, that everything happens for a reason. It's all going to work out. (laughs) Um, But they're kind of like deep in their heart disc like mad at God mm-hmm. um ask him like what are you doing yeah um and he will answer you and a lot of times what the enemy will try and do is tell you no that's not what God said like you know whether you journal to hear from God or whether a song of a lyric or dreams or dreams okay. or a person mm-hmm. A lot of times animals will say no that's that's a coincidence that's not true you know in your heart when God's speaking to you yeah and Though I will say it must always uh, be confirmed by the word, be, by the Bible. Yeah, it must always be in agreement with what scripture would say. Like if some angel shows up to you and tells you to murder your family, that is not God. That is not an angel. <laughs> Do not obey. <laughs> oh, Dramatic Jenna example. Oh, I know, Jenna but Lee. I never want people. People, when the people are desperate <laughs> and discouraged, they reach for anything. You know what I mean? It's true, yeah. We do. Yeah. And so I just, uh, there's a place of of balance that we can walk in when we're looking for the Lord. The word of God is the safest place to hear from him, yes. but he does speak to us. For like, sure. I will say like in, in, I, and I say that from a place of experience and not just that, but conviction. When I go through a hard time, there have been so many times I will, I will not move forward in that situation until I hear from the Lord. Because I either need, I just need something. He doesn't have to spell it out for me. I just need peace. I need drug. Because he says you will go out in joy and you will move forth in peace. And so like we go out moved by peace and joy because those are the things of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. And so we move into a thing guarded by peace, joy, and righteousness. And so if you're going forth in confusion, in chaos and disorder, if something is going to bring destruction, that's not the voice of God. Um, I don't know if I threw off what you were saying though. I'm sorry. I had to jump in there with that. No, I agree. And I think that because of this North American culture, you know, that's driven, it's like the fast food society and and whatnot. We do have a struggle to wait on God's voice. And so that's where a lot of times we'll go ahead in our own strength. We'll create our own pain and then we'll try and pin it on God. And if we were just to wait it might have been uncomfortable, but it wouldn't have been as painful sure, with sure. the messes that we create ourselves and then try and pin on God. So moving forward. Well, hold on. I wanted to add something yeah. to that too. Something that my husband often um, tells our students in our school ministry that when uh, when people are like, I'm not hearing God, I'm not hearing God. Because a lot of times when we get in these discouraged seasons, especially if your soul, like your heart, your emotions, your feelings, your thoughts are really strong and are not rooted in the word, it can be harder to hear the yes, Lord because your yeah. soul is screaming so loud. Oh, yeah. God's still quiet voice can't, it, not that it can't come through, but it's harder to come through. It's harder to discern it. Yes. Um, but one thing that my husband will, will remind our students is, is go back to that last place of instruction. What was the last thing God asked you to do? And go back and obey. That's like good. if that was forgive your mother or if that was repent to so-and-so or if that was pay off those debts that are still there. Yes. If, whatever it was, go back and respond in obedience because the last place of instruction, that's where the Lord's waiting for you. He's yeah. waiting in that place of obedience. He's like, come on, let's do this thing. Yes. He leads us in ways to bring life and to help us and set us up for success, not to torture us. So go back to that last place where you heard the Lord 
or felt prompted or felt convicted in an area and just go back and reconcile that thing and, and go back and respond in obedience. And a lot of times that will open up your hearing from the Lord. And it's not that the Lord holds out on us in anger, but it's just like, sometimes my kids will do that. If they just run ahead or they keep getting sidetracked, I'll give them an instruction and they'll go and they'll get sidetracked and they'll come back to me with a whole different topic. And I'll be like, okay, well, did you brush your teeth? Okay, I see that thing that you're looking for. Did you brush your teeth? And I keep going back to that last instruction because I was serious and I meant for it to be obeyed, you know? And I'm not being mean. I'm not holding out on them. I'm not uninterested in what they're saying. I'm trying to teach them I'm trying to teach them order and obedience and and even how to listen to yeah. in in your scenario the voice of a parent, yeah. the voice of authority. Yeah. But there's a way that we can listen to the voice of God. We have to quiet mm-hmm. um our soul, our mind, will and emotions, you know, that yeah. that running mind. And so, yeah, that's really good. Like um uh, when people feel like they're not hearing from God just to go back to that place and and hopefully things will open up from there. Yeah. And if it's not opening up from there, what generally and I have both experienced is God's grace um, in just being able to speak to us through other people. Mm-hmm. Um, leaders, at, leaders in your life are huge. Yeah, at really pivotal moments, um, we're really just crying out and like, Lord, I need, I need something from <laughs> you right now. Did you want to share about your experience? Um, how you were encouraged when you were given the opportunity to speak at Liberty? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, so we wanted to give you guys examples of how people encouraging us can draw us out of a place of discouragement into a place of life because this is something that you yourself can do. Not only do we want this to be done for us, but we can do this for others. The Word says that those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. And oftentimes when we're in a place of discouragement, even psychologists will tell you the cure for depression is to focus on helping someone and putting your focus on doing good for others because it's refreshing to you. So here's an example of how someone encouraged me and it kind of cracked open a doorway for me is that um, I had had lots of words my whole life. I've had prophetic words about being a communicator and um, speaking life and I'll preach and people will know I'm anointed and all these things. But in reality, I was a, a housewife and I was a mom and my husband was the great pastor that did all the preaching and traveling. And I was not stuck at home, but it felt like I was stuck at home, you know? And, um, and I many times would cry and pray and ask the Lord, God, what are you doing? When is this? I feel like I'm wasting time. I feel like I'm hiding in a corner and all this gifting and destiny inside of me is, is wasting and it's time is ticking and I'm losing opportunities, you know, and the Lord, you know, the Lord dealt with that in one way or another. But in this example, um, that there was a woman who my husband was friends with on a missions trip. She's a pastor's wife, and and she was asking, "Do any of you guys know women, uh, young women who can preach and minister?" And both my husband and our friend um, referred me, and they both were like, "You know what? Jen's amazing. She's a great communicator. She's a great teacher. You should have her." And and when she called me, she had never met me. That's so cool. And all the women that preached at that conference all had a relationship with her. Wow. And I was the only one that didn't. And then she asked me to close the entire conference. And that's a lot of pressure. Not yeah. pressure, but that's an honor. You know what I mean? And a lot of responsibility. And a lot of responsibility. Yes. And so the fact that they um, honored me by by believing in me and speaking up on my behalf breathed 
life back into that place of discouragement. I mean, that place where I was discouraged to bring, breathe life back into that place of vision. And then when she extended that honor and the honor that she extended, the honor that they extended to me and the way that the church family responded to me when I came and ministered, they didn't know that I was nervous as heck. They didn't know that I was concerned and worried that I was inadequate for the job. They didn't know that I felt like I was like the smallest little ant possible that they could have chosen for this, you know. But the honor that they re- that they extended to me, I felt it draw greatness outside of me. I Amazing. felt it draw my giftings out. And honor, it literally felt like their honor created a pathway for me to walk on. And that is what encouragement does. Encouragement, like Hebrews 3.13 says... As long as it is called today, do not fail to encourage one another so that your hearts are not hardened by sin's deceitfulness. And literally, when we go through hard times, our hearts get hardened. Yes. They get hardened through sin's deceitfulness, through unforgiveness, Mm -hmm. through bitterness, through confusion, through frustration. And, And while those emotions are not sin... They can draw us into a place of sin where we're landing on lies instead of pursuing the truth. And our hearts can grow hardened through discouragement. Yes. And, and, and so it's important to surround ourselves with people who are encouraging, but then also ask the Lord. Like I have asked the Lord in seasons past when I was really discouraged. Send me encouragement. Send me encouragement. Like yeah. send me someone who's going to breathe life on this because... I'm dying here. And he always did. He's always faithful to do that. And so you, you are a voice that can do that for somebody else. Absolutely. That's your message right there, people. Um, You know, two things can happen when we experience kind of a delay in our destiny um, or or kind of a detour on the path that we expected Mm -hmm. to lead us to our destiny. We can lose hope and faith. Um, But where does that come from? The discouragement that hardens our hearts. So in my own experience with my husband receiving this uh, new position, that means that we have to leave the only home that we've ever owned together. Uh, We have to leave our province, which would be an equivalent to a state here in the United States, and move to an unknown community and start over without childcare. Now we're gonna have two kids. And um, I really believe that this is my husband's destiny to be in this position. I personally, <laughs> the emotions that I'm feeling about all those changes are negative ones. But even though I've been experiencing these negative uh, emotions, I've continued to encourage my husband. He's away for six months in training. And there have been actually the majority of the times that we speak on the phone, he cries. He hates it there um, because he's separated from from our family, our home. Um, and it's also uh, military training, so it's very harsh. Yeah. Um, but the Lord is, has instructed me, um, even though it's not my calling to be a police officer, mm-hmm. even though I'm not excited about all these changes, I know by faith, that God has our good in mind. Yeah. I know that by faith, these emotions um, will come under the truth of the goodness of all the the adventures ahead of us. But right now I'm dealing with those emotions. While I'm dealing with those emotions, it's helping me 
to feel better, to encourage my husband, to be excited about his destiny. Um, There's been times in our marriage where he's encouraged me in my giftings, and now this is his season. So we also need to realize um, when it's our time to step up to the plate to be the encourager, Mm -hmm. and when it's our season where we're weak and we need to ask for help, like Jen said, where we need to say, God, like I'm really hanging on an edge here. I need you to send someone to encourage me. So maybe you just take a moment right now and just even ask yourself, Lord, where am I at? Do I need encouragement or do I need to be an encourager? Because just like Jen said, when we encourage others, um, something so supernatural happens in our own hearts that is healing, Mm -hmm. that is life-giving. And it's just, it's exciting. And that's why we're doing this podcast together because even as we, we share, our spirits are being ministered to and we're we're believing that yours are as well. So what role then, we talked about how when we go through discouragement, confusion, loss, etc., two things happen. We can lose hope and faith or we can grow. Yes, we haven't talked about the growth part. I know. How would you, we've talked about how encouragement has come along and helped us to grow. Yes. However, we can't control when encouragement comes. It no. just comes when it comes, yeah. you know, and we can't be needy and run around looking for it all the time. Be proactive about growing through those painful times and what promise can we take into those that will nurture that growth? It's so important to renew your mind um to go back to all the times that God was faithful whenever you thought this is it. You know, my marriage is going to fall apart. My business is over. I'm going to lose my house. And God came in every single time and saved the day. And so we need to, in those times where we're feeling the pressure of um, pain and stuff like that, we need to realize that um, we need to give thanks. Mm -hmm. So in James 1, 2 to 4, it says... um, Brethren, consider it joy whenever you experience trials of of various kinds because these trials create actually endurance first and then perseverance. Perseverance creates character. And the ultimate end goal is that it perfects and matures your relationship so that you're lacking nothing. I've personally experienced this where I've gone through such pain in the past. Um, In my own personal family story, there's a lot of addictions, there's a lot of sexual abuse, there's a lot of incarceration, poverty, and uh, for many, many years, I was just at a loss, and the Lord has um, helped me to love uh, my family members the way they are, and to also learn from them. I love, I think that if you um, allow the Lord to narrate the experiences of your life, you can learn from anyone. Mm -hmm. And so I personally have chosen um, a position of my heart and of my mind that if I'm looking at a situation in my own strength and I'm experiencing loss or, sorry, hopelessness. Hopelessness is the word. If I'm experiencing hopelessness, that's when I need to say, okay, Jesus, what are you actually doing? What are you actually trying to um, accomplish in this situation? 
When I can see it Jesus' way, that's when I have the peace that surpasses understanding. What does that mean? That means that my life is not perfect. That means that there are still things I'm waiting on him to be able to show up and to to help me with. But I have peace because I know that in the end, it truly will work out. And honestly, that's where I have felt at this point in my life where I am unshakable. Mm -hmm. That truly there is nothing that can separate me from my destiny in the future and all the giftings and the blessings that God has promised. I don't know when they're coming. Uh, I don't know what other mountains and valleys I'm going to have to endure, but I'm not afraid anymore. And I'm okay with the timeline because I know God always has a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Okay. So Natalie, um, you mentioned just a second ago that when you go through difficult times, it's important to let God narrate your life. Um, what does that look like very practically and literally for the average person that is grasping at hope? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the average person first has to become confident in how they hear from God. So I personally journal. And so I'll ask God a question and then I will let the response come through my journal. And (laughs) <laughs> because there's no definitive that 100% is God, you have to just trust mm-hmm. when you're in your you know in your relationship with God. Obviously, everything has to be validated by the Holy Bible, the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I believe that God does speak to me that way, when God's narrating my life, I could either look at the situation. For instance, in Houston, your house was flooded, mm-hmm. and you didn't have insurance. No, I did not. You did not have insurance money no. to rebuild your house and you did not have savings to rebuild your house. No. Nope. But did you ever once think that you were going to be homeless? Nope. You didn't. Not once. Why not? <laughs> you look so shocked. Why not? Because you were letting God narrate your life because you yeah. you knew how to hear from God and yeah. you knew that God had given you this house as a gift. Yeah. And then he wasn't just going to take it away because our God is not yeah. cruel. Yeah. And here's how I knew that this was a gift. Let's give you a little backstory. So there's more substance to that phrasing. In the house we lived before this one, we had some neighbors who, we had a woman live with us and she parked on the side of our property, right? She um, was a, a new minister and we were just supporting her. She lived with us for about a year and a half. Well, the neighborhood, we were we were on the corner, the neighborhood street that it was a cul-de-sac behind us. Um, they were all part of an HOA. They could not park on the street. So they did not, or at least one particular person, did not like that she was parked on the side, even though we were legally allowed to. Um, So they ended up soliciting the city, putting up all these no parking signs along our property, literally stole from us our property line where we should have rightfully been able to park. So as this was going on, I, w- I know it doesn't make sense, but it was, it was petty, but whatever. But people they won petty, yeah. and we went to a lawyer and the lawyer was like, no, this is your property. You have a constitutional right to park on your property. Uh, you're not part of the HOA, blah, blah, blah. But you know, it was going to cost $10,000 to fight it. And then all we'd get is our property line back. So we, it wasn't worth it. So when I would walk the neighborhood at night, I would pray. And I knew that if I 
harbored bitterness in my heart, the Lord couldn't bless us through that. So my first step was to get rid of any bitterness. And and so as I walked, I would pray and bless my neighbors. And I was like, Lord, bless my neighbors. But then second, I was like, the enemy's not going to steal from me. I was like, Lord, that was rightfully Hmm. ours. And the enemy stole it straight out from under our feet. So I believe this is you giving me a setup for a payback. And so I said, Lord, I ask that you'd make the enemy pay back twofold what he has stolen from us. And I asked, But did you know what scripture says? I just found this out. No, when someone steals from us, it's sevenfold. Well, okay, yeah. There's my car was stolen seven, or my car was stolen this last year, so I'm uh-huh. expecting sevenfold. Oh, come on, yeah, that's not yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's various places where it has different amounts. Yeah, but one I was calling to memory. It was talks twofold. about if the thief is caught stealing from you, then you're to bring him before the just judge and declare that is mine, and the just judge will make him pay back twofold what he had stolen. And okay. so it's in the Old Testament. So anyway, so that was the scripture I was praying. And, um, and I said, but Lord, I don't want it to show up in this house value because we knew we were going to have to move. I said, I want it to show up in my next home in property value, in land value and house value. So fast forward to this property. When we were looking for a home, we found this lot, long story short, the lot we bought at half its value. So we bought it way low. Our builder as a blessing to us did not make any money on our home build built it for us without any profit so that we could get into a home that was going to be way more valuable than what we actually were spending, but we would be able to get into a home. So moving in, we had probably double the value that we actually owed for this property. So the Lord honored that prayer with this house. So then six months later, when our house floods eight feet underwater, I knew I was like, Two things. Either this is another setup for a blessing because the Lord doesn't steal from us or be the enemy's trying to steal and I'm just being set up for another blessing because I'm not going to let him steal from me. Yes. So when I went into the hurricane, um, I had a dream before I knew the condition of our home. And in that dream, I walked in the front door of our house and I saw water lines up the wall, well up above the fireplace mantle. And I was totally at peace, but I saw the water lines and that was the whole dream. So the next morning I told Stephen, I think we've lost our home. I, you need to be prepared. I think we lost everything, but I feel peace. The Lord's going to take care of us. And so that peace that came in that dream guarded my heart the rest of the experience. But I also was intentional. I chose not to become overwhelmed by the loss. I chose not to look at the loss. The loss was there. The loss was real. And we had to practically deal with it. But I chose not to let it get inside of my heart. Instead, I chose to look for everything God was doing. And you know, the moments when I started to pray from a place of lack and say, God, we're going to need this. We're going to need this. We're going to need this. I did not see response to my prayers. But the times when I stopped and looked at what God had done, and said, Lord, you have been so good. You paid off the kids' schooling this year. You have provided us a rent house we don't have to pay for. You have done this, and you caused these people to give us this money and this money to come in. You're so good. And I focused on what God was doing. I saw such sudden, miraculous turnaround in our situations every single time, not even just for us, but when I would pray for the people in our church, I would see sudden breakthrough on mass levels when I came from a place of abundance and focusing and encouraging myself with what God was doing. Exactly. So you were focusing on who God was, not your situation. And so when we talk about God narrating our life, 
Um, there's different ways that he can speak to us, but when we are full of the word of God, mm-hmm. so we are in his word, whether or not we even fully understand it. Right. One of the things I love that my pastor says is sometimes when the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, he sends out a message and it might hover in the atmosphere, kind of like a satellite in, in outer space. Mm-hmm. So it's just hovering there. And for a time you may not understand it, but at the, at the right time it's going to descend and come down and give you that understanding that you need. And so continue to read your word yeah. even when you don't understand everything yeah. because the more you do it, you're going to find things are starting to just pop up. You might not even be able to give words to yeah. why you believe in your spirit yeah. that God doesn't steal from us or you yeah. may not even be able to, you know, put words to what you believe is going to happen, but it's the word of God deposited in you mm-hmm. that's beginning to um, form the way you believe and the way you walk in your life. Yeah. So just encouraging mm-hmm. you all um, just to allow yourself to see things the way that God sees things. Jenna Lee talked about how when she was praying from a lack of, of or sorry, out of a place of lack or sorry of like, God, I need this, like I'm begging you. That's not a place of faith. And, right. and we know that it's impossible to please God without faith. And so when we have faith, we honestly attract God's presence. Yeah. He's like, look at her. She believes I'm going to show up. And yes, I am. Yeah. And well, and, and speaking on that, I feel like so many people can get hung up on that. It's impossible to please God without faith when really they're like, I don't see how this can happen. If you read in Hebrews, the great hall of faith, chapter 11, and it talks about Sarah, there's something different about Sarah's faith than all the other, all the other people in there is that what is attributed to her as faith is not that she believed that, oh, I know I'm going to have a child, even though I'm 90 years old. She didn't believe that. She simply believed that God was able to do that, which he promised. I didn't know how our house was going to be recovered. I had no idea. I couldn't call those shots. And if I thought that was having faith, like to be able to see it in my heart and know how it's going to work out, I couldn't say I had faith. I would have grown discouraged. My faith came from the place that I knew that God was able to do it. Yeah. And that is faith. That is yes. having faith. Just knowing God is big enough, that's faith. Yeah. Faith is always going to be uncomfortable because faith is believing in what we cannot see. Yeah. Okay. And it's putting hope in things that we do not know for sure. Yeah. And so faith is always going to be uncomfortable. Um, Like a little risk, like leaping in the darkness. But it, it is 100% tried and tested true. Mm -hmm. And that's not just our stories. That's a million other podcasts out there or a million other preachers out there (laughs) um, that truly faith works. All right, so in summation, if you're walking through a difficult time, a dark season, a confusing time, destiny is pulling on the inside of you, but doors are not flying open. Take this time as a season to draw near to the Lord and hear his heart. Take this as a season. Don't lose hope. Don't look for what's not happening or you will always walk in discouragement. Look for what God is doing. Is he teaching you how to hear his voice in those quiet moments? Are you raising children? And so you're growing in your character and patience and fruitfulness and love. Are you, is this, maybe you're called to preach, but there are no opportunities and pulpits open. Well, then make this, this is your time to grow in your knowledge of the word. Look at what God is doing. He is using these seasons, these trials, everything Joseph went through in the Bible, Joseph from being betrayed by his brothers to being betrayed by Potiphar's wife to being forgotten in the prison 
all of those could have looked like the end of his road to him. And if, if he had grown bitter instead of maintaining his hope in the Lord, they would have been the end of his road. Yes, that's right. But he chose to believe that God was bigger and those dreams in his heart stayed alive. And he, he continued to walk rightly before the Lord. Yeah. And because he continued to walk rightly before the Lord, his character was changed, like James says, making him mature and complete so that when the right time came for him to emerge from the prison, his character was forged and he was a man worthy of running a nation. So while you're hidden, you might feel like you're in prison. Even Joseph in prison, his gifts were used and his leadership was pulled on, even in prison. So even in those dark moments, you're not totally forgotten. You're not totally cast aside. God is still using you. He can use you with your gifts in these dark places. He can use you to encourage those around you who might need your encouragement as they're in a dark season. So we encourage you and we're giving you this commissioning to not only walk out in encouragement by looking for what God is doing, but focus on the people around you and how you can be a voice of encouragement, unlocking and honoring the gifts in them, giving them a pathway to walk on as well. Thank you, Natalie, for joining me today. This show was so great to have you. Like, I loved hearing all your revelations. This is amazing. Love the conversation. I'm encouraged. I'm excited for those who are listening. You guys are awesome. God will see you through. Just keep walking with Him. Now keep listening because we've got Life Hacks with Jen and Nat, and then Natalie and I recorded a song for you. So stay tuned for the end. You get to We get to sing you a sweet little song at the end. All right? <laughs> connoisseur of all things tea, herbal tea, and so some practical things about how to make your life better and maybe even make you feel better in this season of your life. Take it away, Nat. Absolutely. Well, this worked for me in my life. When I went to school in the United States, I gained 30 pounds and I was fatigued and uncomfortable in my own skin. She I was had, still beautiful. She just thank you. I, was con- I constantly had gut rot. And the first thing uh, that really helped this Um, upset tummy was peppermint tea. So as I began to investigate the health benefits of tea, barked on my own health journey where I lost the weight and I literally feel healthier now in my 30s than I did when I was in my 20s. Yeah, she's completely hot. I'm... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. The reason Natalie is an expert on this topic, she has a company that um, she has had... I mean, she's close to five years. Yeah, close to five years where she has, she sells tea, herbal tea, and she knows a whole lot about herbal teas. And tell about what happened to your mom with matcha. Yeah, so my mother was really discouraged. She she wasn't able to lose weight for over 10 years. In fact, she was gaining weight. Um, A part of that was uh, she was on antidepressants. And for a lot of people Mm -hmm. that can cause weight gain. Um, She actually had been talking to the Lord about getting off these antidepressants because she really felt like a zombie. Mm, and the Lord gave hard. and the Lord gave her the release to be able to do that. And she started on our matcha green tea, which is like the champagne of teas. It has one of the highest antioxidant contents of any of the foods out there right now. And so she was taking the matcha twice a day with fresh squeezed lemon. Mm-hmm. So again, she's getting um, benefit from both of those ingredients. Yeah. And she also started taking a natural um, thyroid supplement from the health food store, so not prescribed, a natural supplement, and she began to walk. 
uh, still wasn't making all of her meals, still eating out, mm-hmm. and she was able to lose 30 pounds in six months and was able to maintain that weight loss, and it's been over two years now. Yeah. She's still off of the antidepressants, really proud of her, but she really attributes her boost in metabolism to matcha green tea. That's awesome. And I've had matcha, and not going to lie, matcha tastes like you're drinking a cup of grass. It really does. However... It's not so bad. If it's an acquired taste and it's also delicious. Uh, Natalie loves it. Um, I am learning to love it, but I have I do like it. If I throw some soy milk in there and sweeten it with some stevia, then I really do enjoy it. But I did a, a honey and tea cleanse a couple years ago, and drinking tea three times a day was so refreshing. And honestly, I feel like it gives me the same energy boost as caffeine, but without the jitters and without the harsh crash. Exactly. It's so nice. Here's what I want to share with you. Really important to do first thing in the morning is to have a cup of water with fresh squeezed lemon um, or concentrated lemon if you don't have the fresh squeezed lemons with you. This will start to detoxify your liver. It's going to start um, getting your metabolism going. Also, you need that water to be able to cleanse after you've been fasting for your sleep period. Hopefully, you slept a good long night, anywhere from seven to nine hours, which is also really important for the restorative functions of your body. Another thing... um, Another thing that's a little tip for easy weight loss if you are struggling with some extra pounds is whenever you feel hungry, before you reach for that snack, even if it's a healthy snack, I want you to ask yourself, how much water have I drank today? Oh, that's good. And if you haven't drank enough, I want you to drink before you eat. Even better, tea. So recent research says that tea is just as hydrating as water, but it's also more beneficial because of antioxidants, Mm -hmm. which is something very powerful that fights free radical damage. Free radical damage is what leads to cancer and other And wrinkles and wrinkles (laughs) and aging. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So you can actually um, hydrate from within and slow your aging process. Mm. So I want to encourage you to drink all natural teas. I'm not talking about the iced teas at... That are um, bottled with sugar. That are bottled with sugar. You're really only supposed to take in a maximum of 10 grams of sugar a day. What? Yeah. And there's two grams of sugar per teaspoon. So when you're looking at a bottle of iced tea that has 40 grams of sugar, like you've maxed yourself out. like For four days. Yeah. So don't do that. I'm talking about natural teas that you can get from honeyandtea.ca. What would you say then for our, our listener who's like, cool, I want to pull tea into my life. What's a really simple, practical way to build it into their life schedule? Just as any other um, as any other beverage you're, you're going to do, it, it can be very convenient. But in North America... We need to make time. And honestly, tea can be medicinal. I got turned on to herbal teas whenever I was having my babies at home and I was just studying more natural stuff. And yeah. uh, peppermint is great for your stomach. The raspberry leaf tea, if, if you have um, like a raspberry zinger or whatever, that's great for your female hormones. When I am going into my PMS, I will drink raspberry tea once or twice a day and it evens me out and makes me get through that time without a hiccup. It's amazing. So cool. It's awesome. And then, you know, chamomile is great for sleeping and just, you can Google and Pinterest even like, Hey, what teas are good for fill in the blank. But the important part, people, especially if you're American is don't add anything to it. Generally talked about if you're transitioning from maybe like sweet beverages and you're just getting used to like the herbaceous green grassy taste um, that you might want to transition 
with like a soy or a stevia. I say like allow your your taste buds the opportunity to experience thing in its natural state. Um, and you will find that your taste buds change. So that's my yeah. encouragement to you. It may be a challenge, but honestly, the people who are most successful in life are the people who push against the grain, do things that maybe are not easy or comfortable, and that's where you find the real rewards. Cool. Well, stay tuned because we want to share one of our favorite songs with you. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks so much for being on the show today, Natalie. It was my pleasure. This is, real deal. This is called rehearsal and, and practice. Guys. Hi, guys. I love rehearsing at 10 o'clock at night. I know. Natalie's it's 11 so o'clock in Canadian time. Natalie's pregnant, and she's been gracious to do this podcast with me super late. So I hope you guys value this song because it is a sacrifice of love from Natalie. Yes. <laughs> well, we're giving it up to Jesus. <clears throat> Dear Lord, give me breath <clears throat> control. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing worth more that would ever come close. Nothing can compare your living hope, your presence, Lord. <laughs> I've tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free. For those of you who've rated or shared this podcast on social media, thank you. It really means a lot to me. 
And don't forget, you can always email me with questions or comments at javawithjenpodcast at gmail.com. And for links or show notes, just go visit my blog at jennaleesamuel.wordpress.com. Until next time, you've got this and God's got you. 